spend your summer mornings with us. News, information, conversation, controversy, and fun. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Put a smile upon your face as if there's nothing wrong. Think about a good time had a long time ago. Think about forgetting about your worries and your woes. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Always walking in sunshine inside and today outside as well. It's going to be a nice sunny day. Going to be a sticky day, according to Adam Fike over at the Big 7. Uh, dew points are on the rise, high humidity. Temperature in the low 80s today, but mostly sunny skies. Sunny tomorrow will be in the uh, mid-80s, and uh, also on the Saturday will be in the low 80s, but it's going to cloud up a little bit. Currently, uh, temperature rising a bit, 70 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 68 at the Highland, 67 in Elm Grove, and 65 here at the Robinson Otter Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. It's 9, 10 in the morning on the Watchdog Morning Show. Some political talk coming up for most of this hour. My friend Matt Robeson and I will get together briefly here, shortly here, to talk about the Trump indictment and a few other matters. I, I, I'm just, I'm fascinated by the countdown clock that West Liberty University has. I know I've been talking about this every day. They've got a big billboard that shows it in downtown Wheeling, but on their website, uh, West Liberty University is counting down until the days that the school opens, 17 days. 22 hours, 49 minutes, 5 seconds. Tick, 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 tick. Now, that is not certainly for you and me, Bob, the end of summer. It is for the kids who go back there. But still, it, to me, it's kind of like an end of summer countdown clock that I'm looking here. You know, the clock is kicking down. Summer is, summer is winding away. So, if you were sitting around the table, whoever came up with that idea would... Any value of the TikTok, TikTok, TikTok? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it just it just it's like pressure. TikTok, it's like I gotta do, I gotta I gotta do more for the summer. I gotta do more for the summer. Yeah, I don't more for the think summer. about it. Yeah. What am I gonna get in? What I have to get more for the summer done. Get more for the summer done. Let's see. Uh, off the text line, Frio Stack Auction Service text line 304-214-1600. Howard, you were talking about old age. Are you not surprised you made it to seventy? Well, last year was kind of tough on you, Howard. Were you surprised? <laughs> you need to put that question up on your website and have the audience vote on it. Uh, no, I, I, I am surprised I made it to 70. This is not a joke. When I was in my 20s, I never thought I'd get past 30. It, it wasn't any particular reason. I just, I, 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 it was my belief, I won't make it past 30. You know, and so you plan for things, and then I made it past, like, well, crap, now what do I do? Now i got <laughs> I got the rest of my life to do. Um, so, yes, I am old. I am 70. I do not feel old. Well, that pacemaker is doing a great job. Huh? Well, not, you know, I mean, there are days when I feel <laughs> old. Uh, when I go for a long walk. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, that I feel old. Uh, but no, I, don't, I don't feel old. You know, yes, I if somebody asked me the other day, you know, well, you, you know, does it feel different to be 70? No, not really. Not really. Are you feeling 75, Howard? 75 is a way away. Yeah. 75 <laughs> is still. That's only five years. Come on, Howard. <laughs> well, you know, in, 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 when you're 70, five years is a long period of time. Howard, if you go by the start of the school year for Westfield Northern Community College, summer isn't over for another 25 days. 
Northern starts on August 28th. Good That's for them. That's better, yes. That's good for them. I like Fine that. folks down at uh, Northern. Uh, absolutely. I'm guessing that's from someone at Northern. I don't know. Howard, <laughs> Bob's frog story reminds me of the cartoon with the singing frog that will only sing for the guy that found him, not the audience. Okay. <laughs> jump, jump, frog, jump. Look, no, he's alive. He really is alive. No, jump, frog, jump. That frog did not live 70 years. I think they built a statue of him, Howard. I'm just telling you right now, that frog didn't live 70 years. All right, 913 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Big story of the day, big story of the week, probably big story of the year is uh, Donald Trump's indictment today. He is being arraigned in Washington, D.C. Security is high. Uh, We'll talk about that. And probably what happens after he is arraigned for his indictment, four federal felonies, probably what will happen. He'll make more money because people contribute more to his campaign because that's exactly what's been happening. Every time he gets indicted, campaign contributions go up and his polling numbers go up. I'm going to talk to my friend Matt Robeson about that. He's actually written a piece about that in Newsweek this week, uh, so we'll start off with that. Matt Robeson and I on politics coming up next. Hello, West Virginia. This is Congressman Alex Mooney. Americans are being sold a dangerous lie about our southern border. The Biden administration says our border is secure, while the president of Mexico claims his country does not produce dangerous drugs like fentanyl. And yet tens of thousands of pounds of deadly drugs flow over our border every year, resulting in over 70,000 deaths in 2021. That's why I introduced House Resolution 3190. My plan suspends economic development aid to Mexico until they crack down on the production and trafficking of deadly fentanyl. I'm Congressman Alex Mooney. If you have concerns about the crisis on our southern border, I want to hear them. Call my local office at 304-264-8810 or visit my website at mooney.house.gov. Paid for with official funds from the office of Alex Mooney. Barstool Rough and Rowdy Brawl returns to Wheeling's West Vaco Arena August 18th. Featuring up to 20 fights, including several five-round fights. Bobby Lights Out Lang, Michael Make It Happen Brown, Hot Wheels, Dwarf Champion Lightning, Jeremy Smith, the American Redneck, the Polish Hammer, Strawberry Cowboy, and more. It's Barstool's Rough and Rowdy Brawl August 18th at Wheeling's West Vaco Arena. Welcomed by Bush Light, the Wheeling, Ohio County CBB, and Jill's Gentlemen's Club. Fighters and ring girls, sign up at joinrnr.com. Buy tickets at westbancoarena.com. Frio's Stack and Associates Auctioneers, Realtors, Certified Appraisers, Specializing in Antiques, Business Liquidations, Multi-Parcel Land Auctions. Frio Stack and Associates is a regional business offering the executor, attorney, agent, and other individuals the most comprehensive and technologically advanced auction and appraisal services available. For information on our service, call our office at 304-233-3168 or email frioauc at aol.com. Frio Stack and Associates sells the earth and everything on it. He has his say. You can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Dream of another morning and a time so long ago when the street Magnolia blossoms, cotton fields were white as snow. Catfish John was a river hobo, living by the river bend. 
as always, country music bumper day here on the Watchdog Morning Show. And there you have one, clearly a country music bumper. 917, 17 after the hour, roaming around um, the high 60s, 70 or so, uh, depending on where you are here in the upper Ohio Valley. Coming up at 10.06, statewide talk line, Hoppy Kirchival will be talking about the Trump indictment. We shall as well here in a moment. Gary Abernathy former Republican Party chair in West Virginia, now a writer for the Washington Post and a few other places, uh, will be on with the Hoppy. Sean Hornbuckle will be in. He is a uh, delegate in the legislature. He's likely going to be the next House Minority Leader. Um, Doug Scaff, the current leader, as um, minority leader, the Democrat minority leader, uh, has is stepping down. There's a lot of rumor running around he's going to change parties to, to become a Republican. That's been running around for quite some time. He is a very independent voting kind of guy. He also runs the Charleston newspapers, the Huntington papers, and so on. So he stepped down as minority leader. Sean Hornbuckle likely stepping up. Hoppy will talk to Hornbuckle today. Hornbuckle's a good friend of uh, Fluarty's. Yeah, he was sitting buddies. right beside him at the ball game, Howard. When, when Sean got thrown out, <laughs> when, when Fluarty got given the boot from the TBT. Yes, is that what you're saying? He was right there beside him. That's what him. I'm saying. It sounds to me like he's well-behaved also, Howard. He didn't get, he didn't get thrown out. Only poor Sean got, <laughs> got thrown out. Um, and nothing on Hoppy's agenda here shows discussion about the Bob Huggins story. But again, Hoppy's commentary today at WVMetroNews.com uh, has some details about a, quote, settlement agreement proposed by Huggins where he would become the coach emeritus, get his old office back, get it one and a quarter million dollars, um, and et cetera, et cetera, uh, in exchange for resigning. Which, of course, the university says, I'm sorry, you've already resigned. <laughs> We're not giving you anything for doing it again. Uh, I'm sure that that'll be coming up today on Statewide Talk Line. Oh, I see. It is on Hoppy's note. Hoppy himself will be discussing that because he'll all the details. All right, that's coming up. Big story of the week, as I said. Big story of the day, big story of the week, big story probably of the year. Uh, Donald Trump's indictments in this particular case, the indictments out of D.C., four federal felonies involving essentially overturning the uh, 2020 election. He'll be in federal court in D.C. today uh, for his arraignment. Um, security is tight around the Capitol uh, and, in the cap and in the nation's capital. Um, because who knows what's liable to happen when you're talking about Donald Trump and, and his supporters. We're going to talk about all of that right now with my good friend Matt Robeson, a former uh, campaign consultant and, and former congressional staffer, podcaster, broadcaster, and all-around good guy. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Howard. I can't get anyone to stamp my frequent indictment card. Do you know anyone who could help me out? <laughs> I'll, I'll help you stamp that. You know, there's a point. I'm like I, one a, stamp away from getting a piece of Greenland, so I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of crossing my fingers here. You know, there's a point I've been making. Uh, let's just jump right to this for a second. There's a point I've been making this week. You know, Trump came right back after the indictments were handed down, and the usual stuff. It's the Crooked Joe and the Biden crime family, and what about Hunter Biden and politicization of the DOJ and weaponization of the Justice Department, all that kind of good stuff. And the point I keep trying to make is Trump has not been indicted by a prosecutor. He has not been indicted by the Justice Department, per se. He has been indicted by, since he's been indicted in at least three separate jurisdictions, at least 36 average citizens who sat on grand juries and felt there was enough evidence to send him to trial. He's not indicted by the prosecutor. He's indicted by the grand jury, and they are citizens. They're not politically appointed, political appointees. So this idea that it's, you know, 
let's assume, I do not, but let's assume for a minute that Jack Smith and all of the others are themselves vendettaized. The jurors are not. They're the ones who indicted him, average American citizens. And I just think that can't be said enough. I agree with you. That can't be said enough. The brilliance of the point you're making is that it's simple, it's clear, and it gets at the heart of what you're trying to say, which is that the defense of Donald Trump's cronies is laughable. It's, it's clearly false. The, the reason that they're able to put it forward is something that you and I have talked about before. It's what the, the hip online crowd call Brandolini's Law, which is otherwise known as the BS asymmetry principle, which is basically... <laughs> sounds like, that sounds like an awful lot of words there, Matt. <laughs> an awful lot of words. And you know what? That's what it's all about. It's about the fact that it's so much easier to throw out BS than it is to debunk it. And that's advantage for people like Trump, who can throw out ideas like out of control, deep state. And it all sounds pretty good when you scream it on Fox News, which is basically, by the way, like that's that's the default setting when you're going to be a guest on Fox News. You scream. better be at 11 or higher. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah, you know, like that's that's it's easy to say, but and it, it's very, very hard to debunk. It takes a lot of word to debunk. And it also this is my own little little pet one. It also takes advantage of the Doppler effect. You ever heard of the Doppler effect? Sure, absolutely. You call it the Doppler effect. You know effect. how, like, when a train is coming at you, like the sound waves kind of are, they sound different. It's a vroom, right? Right. right. That's, the, that's the Doppler effect. The Doppler effect is when stupid ideas start to sound smarter when they come at you really fast. <laughs> that's right. And that's what they're taking advantage of here, too. It's like deep state, blah, 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 conspiracy, out of control, Jack Smith, whatever. We can all rattle them off. Well, they're each a dumb idea, but if they throw them at you really fast, they flood the zone, and, you know, they, they, they try to overwhelm your senses. So, yes, you're, you're brilliant. Let's just keep saying it. No, this is regular citizens in our system of justice saying, yeah, there's probable cause that Donald Trump broke the law. Three separate uh, grand juries in three separate and disparate uh, jurisdictions, likely to be a fourth because I think Georgia's coming soon. Um, citizens of the country have said that uh, there's enough here to send this man to trial. And again, it's not a political statement from Jack Smith or anybody else. I, I do love some of the, and I put that in air quotes, of course, I do love some of the defenses that already seem to be being floated. Um, there is the freedom of speech defense, which I guess they're really going to try to use which is that Donald Trump can say anything he wants to say, lies or no lies, uh, because after all, he has freedom of speech. And I think thinking people understand that freedom of speech does not mean that you can commit a crime based on a lie. Uh, but that's one of, their, one of their approaches. The other one I read a piece about last night. Uh, I forget where I saw this, Matt. You probably read it as well. I think it was Axios. I'm not sure. said that they call it Trump's delusion defense. The, the argument will be made that, well, he just, you know, he was confused. He didn't know. He didn't lie. He just, he just really didn't understand what was going on. The delusion defense. I don't know that either one of those is going to work. I don't think either one of those is going to work. Uh, on my show, Beyond Politics, podcasts available wherever you get your podcasts, I talked to my co-host 
former congressman, Paul Hodes, he's also a former prosecutor. And we evaluated those two defenses yesterday. On the first one, the free speech one, that's the one that holds even less water. You can't, under your free speech rights, walk into a bank and say, stick them up and give me all your money. Well, that's all speech. It's my right. It's my right to say it. Right. There, there's plenty of areas in the law that are exempted from the idea of free speech. The most famous one is you can't shout fire in a crowded theater. You can't use speech as a way of threatening um, or otherwise furthering a crime. And, of course, what's alleged here is a conspiracy to commit actions. And I think that's the flaw in the second defense, the delusion defense, which I also call the George Costanza defense for <laughs> fans of Seinfeld. It's not a lie if you believe it. Right. It's, it, which is to say, you can be as deluded as you want, but what you can't do is enter into a conspiracy to create fake slates of electors. That's against the law. You, you can't do that. And so, I, I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not offering independent legal analysis. I'm, I'm offering what I've gotten in the way of legal analysis. If people want, I'm going to ask those questions very directly in a couple of hours of Christy Parker, a former prosecutor who's part of the group Protect Democracy. And we're going to walk through those defenses and whether they'll work and how to pierce them and overcome them and what Jack Smith is going to need to do to overcome them. So um, check out Beyond Politics. We'll, we'll be recording that in a couple of hours and putting it out tomorrow. There is, uh, at least according to what we understand from Jack Smith's indictment and, uh, and other places, there is a significant body of witness testimony saying that they told Donald Trump the election was not stolen and that he acknowledged that in their presence. So the idea that, well, he just he truly believed it, you can't hold him accountable for saying what he truly believed, there's a body of evidence that likely will come out at trial that, is, that just, just disproves that. Um, you know, Donald Trump has always gotten away just by bluster, but in a court, and he has tried his best never to get into a courtroom, but now that he's in a courtroom uh, in a, at least three cases, again, I think one more, I think George is coming, uh, he's going to... Um, He's going to find it's more difficult to just bluster your way away. Well, and he's let's not forget. And I think that this is forgotten a lot by the media because it's it's so inconvenient that he's been indicted three times. But in the same time span, he was found by a federal judge who clarified word for word that he's a rapist. And I don't say that to shock the conscience or the ears of your listeners. It's hard. It's hard to say. But that was the finding in a court. That was the finding. That was the clarification. The federal judge said that's the, that's the correct term to use. And I think we are seeing that, to your point, over and over again, that the court of public opinion, you know, Donald Trump's M.O. of bluster and using the Doppler effect and Brandolini's law and just throwing out a flood of red herrings and seemingly relevant points that works when you're when you're dealing with a media environment that's that's skewed in your direction where you have willing defenders co-conspirators you might call them at the head of the republican party and on fox news willing to take up the banner but it does not work in a court of law and 
every time Trump has ended up in an actual court of law, it's gone badly for him. I yes. can't think of a single example, and I've I've gone over this um, pretty thoroughly. I can't think of a single example where things have gone well for Donald Trump in a court of law in his decades and decades of running afoul of the law. I, I, I completely agree. But here's the problem, Matt. Here's the problem. It's uh, 929, by the way, on the Watchdog Morning Show. Matt uh, Robeson is with me. Uh, we're talking about the Trump indictment now. We have some other things to get into in the second half of the show, half of this hour, but let's stick with Trump for a minute. <coughs> here's the problem. The history so far, this is his third indictment. The history so far is he gets indicted. Um, he throws out his jibberly jabber. And... Um, his polling numbers go up, and even more, even more stunning, his campaign contributions go up. He actually benefits from these indictments, doesn't he? Well, <clears throat> the simple answer is no. That's a popular misconception fueled by lazy punditry and motivated reasoning. And, in fact, I am... Uh, currently on the front page of the Newsweek homepage. Uh, that sounds like a, um, a not very humble brag, sorry. That's all right. Um, That's but okay. my, my op-ed arguing this point is uh, paired in a debate format op-ed against Monica Crowley, the former uh, Deputy Secretary of the Treasury under Donald Trump, um, who's, uh, well, I'll leave her arguments aside. No, <laughs> the, the, the simple answer is no. The indictments have not strengthened Donald Trump. And I, I won't walk people through the entire set of reasoning, but people who have heard me before know that I like to bring receipts. Um, I like to bring actual evidence. And when you look at the actual polling, no, he has not really gotten a substantial or lasting bump from he's got, he's got a tick. previous. He's, he's gotten a tick, but not a bump. Yeah, he's gotten he's gotten a short uptick. There's a there's a very likely reason for that. It's an effect that's well known among pollsters, um, and the pattern of what's happened here fits it like a glove. And the much more likely explanation for what's going on here is simply that there are no good alternatives. In fact, the 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 number two candidate, I was going to say the number one alternative or the number two candidate in the field is Ron DeSantis who's running an historically terrible campaign yes. and whose support has been cut in half in the last few months. And 40 percent of DeSantis supporters say that their second choice is Donald Trump. Lo and behold, if you do a little arithmetic, um, takes about takes about 10 seconds. You find that the exact proportion of people who say, well, Trump is my second choice, have now gone over to Donald Trump. And that accounts for all of his rise in the polls. And final thing I'll say, um, if you look, we now have the data from the Republican fundraising platform. It's called WinRed because they had to do something that mirrored ActBlue, the platform on the Dem <laughs> side. WinRed. We actually have data now for the first six months of the year. And what you find is that, yes, when the Manhattan criminal indictment came in and the arraignment came in, Donald Trump was able to fundraise very successfully off of that. But when subsequent cases came in, the fundraising windfall was much, much less. People are becoming numb to this. It's not working. My co-panelist, I have a Republican panelist on my show uh, every week because I believe in a diversity of perspectives. She gets all these emails. She got 30 
emails after the indictment Tuesday evening. And she's, you know, she, she says that, like, it's all kind of becoming background noise. And so his, his money windfall is becoming less and less. And in fact, um, his campaign is flat broke now because of all of these legal fees. Well, yeah, so, he's, he's turned most of his campaign money into legal defense fund money, and so he's got not a lot to spend for the campaign, at least not right now. But exactly. somebody, somebody will step up, and, and will lots of little people will, and big people will, and help him out. Do you believe that Donald Trump will be the nominee of the Republican I Party? That it, yeah, I believe it's overwhelmingly likely that he'll be the nominee. Now, there is some polling evidence that there's been some softening in his support among Republicans. It's, it's not unanimous polling evidence, but there is some that, that the number of Republicans who say that they're open to another candidate has gone up. The number of Republicans who say that Donald Trump did nothing wrong has gone down. And so, you know, there may be a slight crack. But the thing is, you can't beat something with nothing. And right now, the rest of the Republican field represents nothing. Ron DeSantis was sort of the great, I was going to say the great white hope. That's a very dated phrase. Yeah, you know what? That may, be, that, that may be appropriate, though, actually. Yeah, right, right. If the shoe fits. Um, you know, Ron DeSantis was sort of the, I mean, look, Republicans go through this pattern. Uh, I liked Ron DeSantis just as much the first time when he was called Tim Pawlenty or Scott Walker or Fred Thompson <laughs> or another one of these kind of doughy tabula rasa figures who's like, oh, we don't know a lot about him. But he seems, you know, he, he presents himself well. He has clean teeth. I don't know. He, he, he seems like a nice, friendly face. And then you find out a little bit more about them, and it's like, huh, he's kind of an empty shell. There's nothing going on underneath. What is wrong with this person? I'm not going to vote for him for president. That's what's happened with Ron DeSantis. And right now there's no alternative. Um, there has there's no alternative that has any that is being given much much chance. Uh, I'm certainly not a Republican, therefore wouldn't vote for any of them. But you know, I think Chris Christie is making some of the right noises, but he's not he being, he's not getting traction. He's not getting any traction. Well, here's a historic problem. Um, if you look at the history of polling, uh, which nerds do, you can see that it's it's something like 86 um, candidates that you, you have very robust polling information on in the last 50 years, there has been one occasion, one, where someone at this point in, in the cycle has come from about the range that all of these other candidates are to win the nomination. It's, it's happened one time. Um, you know, one for 86, you're a little above 1% chance historically. Um, so that's, that's something. It's, it's, it's like from Dumb and Dumber. So you're telling me there's a chance. I mean, it's <laughs> not a zero, but it's it's not a great chance. And, you know, someone's going to have to get their act together. And the real problem that Republicans face is sort of this collective action problem, which is they've got to coalesce around one. As they continue to be split, it becomes harder to coalesce around one alternative to take on Trump. Matt, I have to take a news break. Uh, you can hang around, I assume. Absolutely. For you, always. And I, 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 there's more Trump I want to talk about. I, 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 and the question I've been asking the various guests I have this week is, what's the, what's the ultimate game plan here, the ultimate out? What happens? How does this thing play out? Uh, three indictments, I think likely four. I really believe that George is coming online fairly soon. They're all serious. 
Um, what what is going to happen? So you you uh, you probably thought about it already, but I want to get your take on that when we come back. Matt Robeson is with me. Flying through the sky is, is my answer. <laughs> Matt Robeson, political consultant, camp, former political consultant, campaign staffer, podcaster, broadcaster, uh, writer of many things, including a piece on the uh, Newsweek website, Newsweek.com. You can check that out right now if you would like to. And we're talking about the Trump indictments and whither goes the Trump man next. It's coming up after we check into the newsroom. Uh, Taylor Long is here. Good Thursday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this August the 3rd. The man convicted of the deadliest anti-Semitic attack in American history has been given the death penalty. A federal jury in Pittsburgh has recommended the death penalty for 50-year-old Robert Bowers for killing 11 worshipers at the Tree of Life Synagogue. Several other victims were injured in the rampage. The shooter's attorney has offered a guilty plea in exchange for a life sentence, but prosecutors refused, arguing Bowers held a deep-seated animosity towards Jews and immigrants and showed no remorse for his actions. Those in the courtroom said Bowers showed little emotion when he was sentenced. A judge will impose the sentence at a later date. And the jury in the William Carmen murder trial was shown extremely graphic and disturbing evidence yesterday. Many of the photos gathered from the event were hard to look at. On day three of the murder trial, Sergeant Rob Safry testified on behalf of the prosecution. He responded to the call on the day of the victim's murder and gathered video and photographic evidence that depicted her brutal murder. The evidence was shown in detail to the jury and taken into evidence with no objections by the defense. Carmen's trial will continue today, and the defense is expected to start presenting their witnesses and evidence. Stay with 7 News for updates as we continue to follow this trial. And some good news for the Harrison County Sheriff's Office and the county. Officials are set to break ground on the brand new Harrison County Jail in two weeks. The jail will have 60 beds, different housing units, a full-service laundry, and a kitchen. There will also be a reception and visitation unit along with two Sally ports for transportation. Sheriff Joe Myers says it's been a long time coming and having a jail in the county will save time, money, and bring in more jobs. The groundbreaking ceremony is set for August 17th at 11 a.m. at the old U.S. Army Reserve. All are welcome to attend. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Thursday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. How much could a cyber attack cost your business? The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously, but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from $120,000 to $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all quickly add up. Could your organization survive a cyber incident? If you are unsure if you are doing enough to protect your data, reputation, and dollars from cyber criminals, contact the team at Omni Strategic Technologies today. Omni has the right tools and support to help keep your business protected. Call 304-242-7600 and schedule your free consultation today or visit omniperforms.com. Omni Strategic Technologies, the only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the watchdog trusts. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. 
If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. Conversations you care about with people you know. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on WKKX and WVLY. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. These guys, Bob, and I love this. I love. I, I play their. I can't think of their names. It's the Statler brothers. Statler brothers. Statler brothers. I. 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 When I go down the rabbit hole of YouTube, sometimes I can spend a whole evening with with Statler brothers, because they do. You know, the class of '65 had its dreams and whatever happened to Randolph Scott. And when I'm in the mood to just get into sad memory time, Statler brothers uh, filled the bill. So I could. I couldn't think of their name there. Just, okay, thank you, thank you. Uh, always on Thursday, it's uh, country bumper music. 18 to the hour, Watchdog Morning Show. Matt Robeson is with me, our political consultant, political analyst, and a uh, former campaign consultant, former campaign staffer, uh, congressional staffer, and a podcaster, a broadcaster, a writer, and all that kind of good stuff. Um, hey, uh, Matt, I, I don't know if you saw on CBS this morning yesterday where one of Trump's attorneys thinks he ought to try and move the trial to West Virginia. What do you think? Well, I think that the good people of West Virginia would give an outstanding trial to uh, the former president because the people of West Virginia are so wise and yeah, no, um, let's, fair. Let's, no, and Matt, Matt, good looking. Matt, Matt nope. listen, let's just be brutally honest. The people, <laughs> most of the people of West Virginia are deep blue, red cultists of Trump and there is no conceivable way he could possibly get a fair trial in this state. 68% of the vote went to Trump. Every single county, uh, the popular vote went for Trump. We have almost no elected officials that are Democrats, and we're going to lose one more, I think, in the next week or so. And um, you can wander the countryside, and, and unless you bump into me, you're not going to find too many Democrats. So uh, I think I'm sure, yeah, I'm, I mean, sure I I'm sure they want it here in West Virginia. It'll be a perfect place. <laughs> All right. Um, th that's only because they can't move it to Florida um, yeah. or perhaps inside one of the uh, ballrooms at Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. Um, you know, look, I think uh, hey, Matt, Matt, listen, the problem with that is there's no room in those ballrooms. They got those boxes in. They got the boxes in there. <laughs> well, uh, well, that's the, no, no, no. There's all those boxes are in the bathroom. Oh, that's so there's true. plenty of room in the ballroom. <laughs> I look, I, I mean. This is another one of those things we were talking about a few minutes ago where on the surface it sounds somewhat reasonable. I mean, we are a few minutes past. I want to be kind of fair about this. We are a few minutes past uh, questioning the motives of Eileen Cannon, who wanted to hold the classified documents trial, keep that trial within her own tiny courthouse, which also happens to draw its jury pool from major Trump-supporting areas. Right. And I was among the analysts who criticized that and questioned her motivation. I understand the temptation to question motivations here. And what the Trump lawyers are saying is, well, Biden won in Washington, D.C., 94 to 6. Um, so, you know, it seems like this is a this, but here's the logical fallacy. What they're what they're essentially saying is that 
the law doesn't matter. It's the same point that you started with at the top of the show, right? That this is not a political thing. That arguing that this is a that it's all just a political thing, that's the Trump game. Your point, Howard, was no. This is our system of justice. This is 36, at least 36 individual American citizens making an independent legal judgment. And the same thing is true about the location of the trial, is that, sure, if you want to say, oh, it's all political, whatever they say is just going to be whether they like Trump or don't like Trump. That basically says that we don't trust our fellow citizens in a jury to make legal decisions under our system of justice and that everything needs to be overtaken by our politics. politics. Not everyone is overtaken by politics. Not everything is driven by politics. It's a good point, but you you need to come to West Virginia to get a better feel of how (laughs) how the average person on the street feels about it. I will say, I currently live in uh, western Massachusetts, which you know, is popularly believed to be highly liberal. And I, I do live in a highly liberal town, but we are an enclave in the middle of North Trumpistan. So I, I have some some perspective on this. And let me ask you, uh, before we have to wrap this up, um, and I've asked everybody we've talked to about this this week, what's the end game here? All right, Trump is indicted on at least in three different jurisdictions on multiple counts, federal felonies, overturning the election, obstruction of justice, those types of things. Um, I keep adding likely to be invited in, indicted in Georgia at a state level, which is important, by the way. We can talk about that sometime. But um, he's going to plead not guilty, of course, today. But at some point, there's going to be a trial. There will be three trials at some point. What happens? What's the ultimate end game here? Does Trump at some point finally say, I will just have to plead, take a plea bargain, keep myself out of an orange jumpsuit, and, uh, uh, but I won't be able to run for office ever again? Or is he too obstinate to do that? Do we really want to put an ex-president in an orange jumpsuit and put him in prison? I mean, I don't, I don't have an answer to the question. That's why I'm asking around. What do you think the ultimate endgame is here? Well, I'm going to have to keep my wants out of this because I have many wants. And like many Democrats, um, they're, you know, like I have I have all kinds of fantasies about terrible things happening to Donald Trump. Um, You know, and I have to you know, I have to restrain myself. I I, I am a justice system purist. I believe in having trials in courts uh, under a fair judicial system, not in the court of public opinion and not according to my personal political desires. I think there are three potential outcomes here. Um, And, you know, look, I think one of them is essentially something that we can't predict, which is Trump goes to trial in these now three different sets of of indictments, Uh, maybe a fourth, maybe some other things. And over the course of the next year, some juries convict him, and then independent judges have to hand out a sentence. And I think that there is I – mean, we can't predict what these judges are going to do, but in that, in that scenario, scenario number one, yeah, I mean, there is, a, there is a likelihood that Trump is in jail. And in this scenario, what we would say is um, Trump loses the 2024 election or – or in, in some way does not get president, and he ends up serving a jail term. 
Um, and look, I think the ultimate end game, your question of this is, how are we going to break the, the, the demon grip of Donald Trump on our throats? Right. And the answer is that if we get through the next year and he doesn't get reelected, whether he goes to jail or not, he is going to be a fading force in American politics. I truly believe that because we already see in polling that Republicans are tired of being backward looking. They don't want to carry the water for him forever. There will be diehard dead enders who will like hold up Trump as a martyr for decades and decades to come. But eventually the man's natural lifespan will end. Yeah. And, I, you know, like I, I think that cause will will begin to peter out. I mean, I'll very quickly just say that there are two other scenarios here. One is that he um, is convicted or is not convicted and doesn't get meaningful jail time, and then it's all down to the election. And then there's a final scenario, which is regardless of what happens in the courts, he wins election in 2024. And look, that's a theme that I think you and I can discuss at another time. Um, but I think that is an utter and complete disaster. I was I was making a joke a moment before about the four horsemen of the apocalypse appearing in the sky. But I am very, very serious that that is an extinction level event for the United States. This morning at the breakfast table, my children asked me if Donald Trump wins in 2024, will we move to another country? And I said, no, we'll stay and fight. But it's going to be bad. It is going to be very, very bad. It, in, indeed. Matt, I got to uh, stop it right there. Um, I had a whole other issue I wanted to get into today. Maybe next week we'll do that because uh, Donald Trump, uh, Jim Jordan, the, the uh, Republican Party uh, in the legislation in Alabama, uh, Texas, all of the, there's a lot of just plain ignoring of the law going on. There's a lot of people who are just saying, yeah, I, I don't care. The, I keep referring to the Alabama uh, legislature, the Republican-led legislature, that just simply said we're not going to follow the Supreme Court's ruling on, uh, on uh, uh, redistricting. Uh, what's happening in this country? How is everything falling apart, and how do we put it back together again? And it probably ties directly to the conversation today. But I don't have time for it now. We'll have to do that again. People can check out your podcast, Beyond Politics, wherever fine podcasts are. Uh, also, uh, you've got a piece at Newsweek.com on the front page. You can check that out. And I always forget the name of your YouTube channel. I've got it saved. I'm subscribed to it, but I can't think of the name of it. Help me out. Blue Amp. Blue, Blue Amp. We are Blue. giving excellent coverage to everything going on. So check it out on YouTube. Blue right. Amp. Matt, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks very much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Howard. Take care. Eight before the hour. Watchdog Warner Show. Do I need to do a break first? Let's take a quick break. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at SteelUSA.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's health care demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care right here at home. Developing new and exclusive services. Recruiting top surgeons. We embody the mountaineer spirit. Building upon strong traditions. Pioneering medical care. Moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital. Delivering the right care, right place, right time.
You want sports talk? We got the goods all night long. Tune into Sports Map Radio. Evenings and overnights on FM 98.1, AM 1600. We are the Watchdog. When deciding where to dine in the Ohio Valley, think first of the Highlands with a full array of quick service choices from McDonald's, Wendy's, Five Guys, Taco Bell, Jersey Mike's, Jimmy John's, Chick-fil-A, or DiCarlo's Pizza. Or you can dine in at Eden Park, Promonte Brothers, Texas Roadhouse, El Paso, or Quaker Steak and Lube. Whatever your family's in the mood for, you can find it just off I-70 at the top of the hill. The Highlands, dining, shopping, entertainment, and lodging. It's summertime, it's summertime, and the living is easy, but the conversation is always topical and lively. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. My baby is American made. looking at still 70 degrees at the Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, but pretty well everywhere else the temperature is rising somewhat significantly. We are at uh, 73 at the Highlands, 75 in my backyard on the pool deck. And what do we have here, Bob? We are at 71. 71 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Adam says a sticky day today. It's going to be uh, high humidity, sticky, a little uncomfortable. Temperatures only in the low 80s. That's not too bad, but the humidity is going to make it feel a little, little sticky. Um, sunny skies, and that's all good. Sunny skies, uh, I suppose, over the Big Seven, WTRF TV, because Bob Westfall is shining brightly. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Howard. How are you? I'm good. It's uh, the show's almost over. I've had a good morning this morning, and I'm hungry, and so I'm thinking about going to get something to eat, and you know, all oh, of that. All of that is good for me. Yeah, that's surprising. You're going to stop, get something to eat. Well, I just, you know, I don't always do. Well, yeah, actually, I guess I do. <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. That's all right. We all got to eat. Yeah. How are you this morning? I'm doing good. I'm doing good for a Thursday, one more day, and we'll be, uh, we'll be into the weekend. So I'm um, looking good. You guys are following. I saw it on your website, uh, and you posted. Uh, you, you sent out an alert, so people who had the, uh, the app on their phone would have got it. Uh, you're following the story that was reported first today by Hoppy Kircherville at uh, Metro News that Bob Huggins is uh, still trying to negotiate something with the university. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're still following that. That's uh, an amazing thing. Uh, I did. I, I just got a question. Then now his legacy. We were talking about that in the newsroom. Um, his legacy at WVU now just seems tarnished um, to the point of it can't be repaired. Well, I, I said that when he came back with the I didn't really resign letter, you know. Um, up until that point, I thought, given a little time, he would, you know, they'd build a statue and have Bob Huggins Day, and he might even get um, some kind of an honorary ambassador kind of position. Uh, I, after the I didn't resign, I'm still the coach, I, I think that all fell by the wayside. But now it's you know, in this settlement agreement that he has supposedly uh, asked for, according to Hoppy Kirchwell Metro News, the settlement agreement is partly outlandish, but it sounds like the university is willing to take part of it uh, if he agrees that he already had resigned, that he might, uh, uh, he might someday, they, gotta, they want him to take time, like several years, that he might finally get a chance to come back and be some, some form of involvement with the, uh, with the basketball team, but not, not the coach. I guess it's a story right. that is not yet over, I guess is all I'm trying to say. 
Uh, keeps on giving. So, yeah. Yep. What else are you working on today? All right. Some of the other things. Uh, uh, DK is back into Cambridge. Josh Sills trial continues. Sexual assault trial. Uh, present, uh, presently, uh, Josh Sills is a member of the Philadelphia Eagles, a uh, local high school kid. Um, so we're going to follow that. Uh, that is continuing. Uh, and the Will Carmen trial here in Wheeling, uh, murder trial here. Uh, Annalise Murphy's been following that all week. We will be following that today. Prosecution has uh, had the first few days. Uh, we're under. Their, uh, we're being told that it's a possibility the defense could take uh, take up their uh, defense this afternoon, but we'll find out uh, when we get there. So Annalise is covering that today. Doing a piece today on artificial intelligence, uh, AI in the classrooms. Uh, just kind of a small piece today. It's going to be part of our back-to-school series uh, in the next few weeks. We're going to talk to a teacher at the Jefferson County JVS who plans to incorporate artificial intelligence into his multimedia classes. So we're interested to see what he's got to say about that. So we've got that. Uh, I know a lot of people were scared, you know, you know, you know, Terminators, uh, T-1000s, yeah, Skynet. Know, I'll be like honest. That. I still don't really fully understand AI. I mean, I guess I have the basic concept, but I, I don't really understand it. So yeah. uh, I'm not scared of it, but I am confused by it. Yeah, so we're going to find out what they're going to be using that in the classroom, so we'll have that. Uh, we're going to sit down today with uh, the Bethany president talking about what they're going to offer students or what they have offered students from Aldous and Broadus now that that, that institution is in a, bad, in a bad way. So uh, we're going to have that today as well. So we've got that. Uh, our high school football previews are going to start on Monday. So oh, wow. uh, both Dugan and Scott, I know. That's just so hard to say at some time, you know. Uh, but they're out shooting those, and uh, they will start Monday, first thing Monday morning. So uh, it's getting ready for high school football. And Utah guys talked about the weather, so Adam, um, Zach uh, have been on that. So we'll uh, we'll follow that uh, as the weather goes. Um, that's kind of what we'll work on today. People can check it all out on TV at noon, 5, 6, 10, 11, 5.30, the region-wide show, always at WTRF.com, where you can see the story about Bob Huggins, for example. And uh, I learned about that story when it popped up on my screen because I keep the TV7 News app with push notifications. And so when you put that story up on the website, bing, I saw it first, and everybody should check that out. Bob, have a good day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, guys. Have a good one. And, Bob Slider, you have a good day, and I'll talk you to you too, tomorrow. You too, Howard. We shall gather again tomorrow for the final day of the week. From ABC News, I'm Brian Clark. Today will be the third time in four months that former President Donald Trump will appear in court for an arraignment. ABC's Aaron Katursky in Washington says he faces four felony charges in Washington, D.C. When Trump arrives, he's going to be processed as a criminal defendant for a means his fingerprints are going to be scanned. He'll have to give some basic information like his address and social security number. But he's not going to be handcuffed and there will be no mugshot. Why not? Because Trump is already one of the